0: You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Hartigan & Stapes invites you to Poker in the Ears.
1: Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hartigan.
2: Happy World Toilet Day, Joe.
1: Oh, great. You know, I've been told to bring it in on the toilet humor, but I might make an exception today. Hey, guys! (laughs) This is episode one hundred and ninety
2: nine. How have we not been canceled?
1: I know, right? Well, it helps that, you know, we don't really adhere to any actual broadcasting body. Coming up on this week's show. Not going to lie. The EPT online. It was fun as shit. Yeah. Good streams. Great poker. Big money. I do miss the real EPT. But damn, this was a pretty good placeholder. Yeah. We we will be recapping all the highlights as we, as well as speaking to second-place finisher, uh, the second-place finisher. But first in our hearts, because he's the only player
2: in the top two, whose name we actually know, Timothy Adams. Well, more on that. More on the identity of the winner Ooh. later.
1: Oh, cool. I'm excited. I have, I have no idea what this is. Surprise. Shock. Some shock podcasting happening. Uh, it's not all about the... Uh, the upper echelon here, the high rollers this week, is I do have a fun story I want to relay for my itty-bitty, teeny-tiny, inconsequential home game. Okay, is Joe, bad... Joe,
2: I will allow stories from your home game as long as they're not bad beat stories. We are done with this. Is it a bad beat story?
1: I don't know. You tell me. I learned that from our story expert. <laughs> <sighs> this week's super fan is a fellow named Martin rummins and he is challenging me to the Netflix series
2: Mindhunter, yeah. which,
1: which apparently isn't coming back.
2: Yeah, I read the stories, unfortunately. Um, I only saw the first season. I understand the second one's pretty good, though, so I must get around to watching it at some point.
1: It is, and then we'll talk about it on the show. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, this week is episode 199. Next week we're off, and the first week of December is episode number two. 100. So coming up later in the show, we're going to announce some absolutely huge gets for that 200th show. What is on our minds this week? First of all, you you can probably hear my voice is completely trashed. We have had a ridiculous week. James and I are exhausted. We're going to do our best to get
2: through the show today. The podcast is one of my favorite parts of the week. Yeah, I know. And yet you're coming into it thinking, oh, God, just got to get through this. And I was thinking at the start of the day, why am I so tired? We did like 24 days of Stadium Series, 21 days of WCoup. We had a weekend off in the middle of EPT Online, and it was only six days. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, we did EPT Retro leading up to it. So actually, it was like more or less two and a half weeks of live streams.
1: It's really weird because your body does whatever it has to do. So we did all those other series with no days off. We had no days off and then one day off. And this time we had weekends off and no matter what the schedule was, I don't think I could have done any more. No, no matter what it was. So no, thank you for the good schedule. Great stuff. More on the EPT later. Let's talk about the tiny little bit of TV. We got to watch over the weekend.
2: Yeah, it's like, thank God The Mandalorian is like 30 minutes long, right? You can just squeeze in one episode per week. I will never whine again about the show being released weekly because it's actually fitting perfectly with my lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I got a chance to watch
1: basically two things over the weekend. One was The Mandalorian. Yeah. and uh, Or
2: I as I'm starting to call it, The Mandalorians. Oh, this because... is very exciting. You see, we've already referenced the fact that this show is a nerd's dream, right? And yeah. now, loads of characters from Dave Filoni's animated shows like Clone Wars and Rebels are starting to make an appearance. So, Bo-Katan, the kind of... the Heiress, as she was called in this episode, uh, the true ruler of Mandalore, is a character from Clone Wars and Rebels. And Katie Sackhoff voiced that character in the animated shows, and now she gets to play her in real life in this live-action series. It's so cool. As a person who does voiceover for a living, I like the
1: fact that they're starting to give opportunities to people that played the voices for a long time. Because a long time, they didn't get those shots. They would always go with a much bigger celebrity. So this is cool. The fact that there is a badass, redheaded, hot chick Mandalorian is incredibly appealing to me. And I don't, you know, the show's relatively short for a drama. I'm glad. Well, I don't know how else they could do it because that was like a movie. That episode was non-stop action, punching, yeah. kicking. I mean, I don't know how you can make 10 hours of that. So that made perfect sense. And I, I guess, don't give me too many spoilers. Sure. But it seemed like what they're doing is they're kind of going for like a Game of Thrones kind of feel now because as far as like there's going to be some kind of competition for this sword, this well, lightsaber.
2: Always has been. And this, again, goes back to Clone Wars. And I think it's worth pointing out that one of the characters who had the dark saber was a yeah. character that john favreau voiced in clone wars called pre vizsla and i think that is why john favreau wanted to do this show having worked with filoni on the animated okay. shows and yeah. having voiced a mandalorian himself i think he found that whole creed that whole culture interesting and worthy of turning into this series um yes and there have been before battles over the dark Saber, but what clearly happened and i think the last time we saw it this is real nerds territory i do apologize to people who don't give a shit about star wars but in the last season of rebels heroes of mandalore sabine wren gave the dark saber to bogotan what clearly happened after then came the purge the empire took control the empire took the dark saber we know it's now with moff gideon um uh played by giancarlo esposito um, yeah. but what's most exciting is the fact that we are going to meet a live-action version of Ahsoka Tano, who I believe is Dave Filoni's single greatest creation. She was the Jedi protege of Anakin Skywalker during the Clone Wars. She became one of the key figures in the Rebel Alliance in Rebels. And we know that she is still out there somewhere. She's out there with a Mandalorian called Sabine Wren. I'm hoping that Sabine appears as well, because she's another... Sabine Wren related to Gylo Wren? No. First of all, Kylo Ren. Secondly, spelt differently. Kylo Ren is what we call
1: the guy who cuts the show. Hey, Giles. Yes, Somebody. Yeah, um, my nerd card got pulled a long time ago. I'm yeah. more,
2: I'm terrible
1: at being a nerd now.
2: But again, my understanding is that Rosario Dawson has been cast as cool. the adult Ahsoka Tano, and. I think this is going in a really cool direction, this show. And I love the fact that it seems to me that Kathleen Kennedy is like not worrying too much about this and just letting these two geeks go off and do whatever the hell they want. And Jon Favreau is letting himself be guided by Dave Filoni, who might just be the biggest Star Wars nerd on the planet. And I'm so happy that he's been given the keys to this car.
1: Yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. The only other thing I w- actually, speaking of Rosario Dawson, her name gets mentioned in this documentary. I don't know if it's over there yet. Are you guys getting any of the documentaries about the Nexium cult?
2: I don't know. I mean, look, there's there's so much TV I'm behind on. Yeah. There's so much stuff on my list. There's so much stuff I'm not even aware of. I don't know.
1: There's an HBO documentary called The Vow that right. everybody watched about this cult. And it was really interesting. But then there was another documentary, kind of like the Fire Festival documentary that came out for stars. Which is even better and more interesting. I managed to watch uh, that documentary as well as uh, this thing you might have heard me and Griffin referencing on the streams called Auntie Donna's House, uh, an Australian comedy troupe. Very wacky sketch comedy, really fun okay. stuff. Uh, I know it's not quite up James's alley, but some folks out there uh, may enjoy it. Uh, any updates on uh, video game playing? I'm not going to lie, I've played for like 10 minutes.
2: It's really hard to have a new toy and not have the time uh, to play with it. Um, by the way, I'm assuming this note that you've jotted down here is an in-joke, right? You know that it's the PS5, and you know that it's the Xbox Series X, not the Xbox One X.
1: No, I I'm just wrote... I mean, I write these very
2: quickly, so I did... <laughs> mistakenly... I <laughs> did not write them as a joke. <laughs> because last week, you genuinely got the PS4 and 5 confused. Uh, no, haven't had much time. Um... But so you're still playing poker every week, though, right? These games are still going on.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I'll get to that in a second. I, I want to tell you a story first. Okay. Um. So. Yeah. So I've been doing this. Like I've been genuinely uh, having moments of extreme anger and rage. Now that I still am bubbling every week. I still am losing every whatever. You know. Uh, so what I, I'm like, what can I do? To get rid of this energy, um, that isn't destructive because I know if you smash your keyboard, right? If you punch a a hole in your, that first of all, it's self-destructive, but you'll just feel worse after. It doesn't make you feel better to do that. So what I do now is I go out into the backyard and I just, I, I smack the ground with a metal pole, um, just to get rid of some of that energy, I bent the pole uh, recently, and so I'm like, you know what? Anyway, this is this is what led to my recent pole bending. So uh, it's not a bad beat story, even. So I'm playing. I, I played. It just so happens that my the two home games I play are on the same night, um, and I usually leave one early to go meet up in the other one because it's all about the Zoom, right? It's all about socializing. Yeah, it's of not course, really absolutely about the poker. So I bubbled uh, I, after three bullets, which I almost never rebuy. I was in for three bullets in the first one, bubbled it. Switch over to the game that I host, bubbled it. We decided, this is the one like me, Maria Ho, Molina plays in it. And we decided this week we were going to do a heads up tournament. And Maria and I being complete idiots on how to run a heads up tournament, didn't realize that, you know, in the first round, we had an odd person. Somebody randomly got a buy.
2: going to realize, happen.
1: how do we fix that in the later rounds when you still have an odd person?
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you need to bracket this properly at the start. You've got to sit down and think about it. Right.
1: And we didn't do that. So we decided what we would do is we would make the bubble the final round. We're going to pay the top two, and we'll just make it three-handed. So one person's going to bubble. I bubbled that. Um, very annoyingly. Look, not not a bad beat story, but just like Maria shoves on me. I have ace deuce. She has jack seven. It comes jack, jack seven. Just a classic like dead immediately. God damn it. Why can't I just have any all in situation hold? Fine. I'm like not feeling that bad. Maria had given me a talk, right? She was like, look, I've watched how you've been playing. You're playing fine. Yes, you are going through a downswing. You got to change your mindset. Change your mindset. Um, no more keeping track of bad beats. No more keeping track of how many flips you lost. No more keeping track of how many draws you missed. Every tournament is a new, fresh start, and you can't carry all this with you. Which part of me thinks is like, oh, first, like if luck isn't a thing and You can't affect the cards. What does my mindset matter? But at least for my own mental health, okay, I'm going to ingest this. Right. So I bubble, bubble, bubble. And now we're playing uh, a cash game. I have Jack 10. And I'm playing in this particular pot. I think we go three ways to the flop. And I don't remember who else in the hand, except for Michael Sarah is in the hand. So it's me, Mike, Sarah, somebody else. And the flop comes. Queen Jack X. Uh, I had raised with Jack 10 suited. I continue for half pot. Michael Sarah calls. Other player folds. The turn is a Jack. Boom. I fire again for half pot. Michael Sarah calls. And now my mindset is, even though it's supposed to be different, is what does Mike have? Does he have Queen Jack? Does he have pocket
2: queens? I'm like in thinking of the worst. The river is a jack. Well, I can tell you that takes Queen Jack out of Sarah's range. Yes, and... and and also means you have the nuts, Joe. You can't possibly lose this hand, so there can't be a bad beat at the end of this story. There can't be a bad beat at the end of this, right?
1: So me, I think, like, Sarah's got something. He's called me twice. I'm not sure what the rest of the board is. Maybe there's a straight. um, I think it's very likely he has a queen, or at this point I'm hoping, well, geez, I really hope you have pocket queens now. So I bet half pot again and Mike Sarah on the Zoom looks at me, gazes into my and says I have a queen. I was like, I have a queen. He's like, I think you have quads. <laughs> he's like, I, I don't he's like, I'm not sure I can lay this down but I'm pretty sure. Sh- I think you have quads. Stapes I, he's like, I, th- I I think you have quads and Mike Sarah fucking folds the top full house thinking that I have quads well, and did. he was right he is folded a half pop bet after calling flop and turn and i'm just like and i'm all i want from everyone else in the zoom is sympathy about how bad i run and Mike folds, quads, folds to me when I have quads, folds a second nuts when Is I have Is it
2: possible quads. that you are exuding some tells on this Zoom call? Is it possible that for the first time in forever, you actually have a winning hand and you just couldn't contain yourself and probably had a massive smirk on your face? You, I didn't have a smirk
1: on my face, but you're right, James. That's actually well sussed on your part. I, he started talking to me and I started chatting back with him. And that's my number one rule. My number one rule is don't talk when you have a big hand. Anybody yeah. that's ever watched any of my commentary, stop talking. You only talk when you have a big hand. You only, And I know me, and I definitely only talk when I have a big hand. When I'm bluffing, I'm fucking terrified. I don't say anything. Right. And I chatted back with him and it turns out I shouldn't have talked.
2: You and should he folded. Not have and I was
1: so, so mad at myself that I was like, and, and one of my good friends on the Zoom was like, that's the worst beat that I've seen you take so far. You finally made quads,
2: well, and somebody just lays down a full house. I've said it before, though, Joe, and I'll say it again. If this run bad, whether it's bad beats or whether it's failing to get value on four of a kind, for as long as this continues, may it still continue during the time when you are engaged in play money home games online. <laughs> and right. when? You can actually return to playing real poker in inverted commas. Then things will turn around because that's the way it works, right? All balances out in the long term. I guess. I mean, I feel like I've
1: run so bad that any amount of balancing out could never possibly. I would have to run so good. I'd have to make quads like for the next seven months once real money poker comes back. Um, So I was so... Angry after this particular session that I went outside and smacked the ground bent the pole, but I did I came back and I said Maria look I'm not gonna tell the rest of the group, but I am Self-excluding for a week. I'm taking next week off Uh at the moment. It's not fun for me It's just it's just i'm getting brutalized and uh, i'm gonna take the week off and just um Do something else with that time.
2: Yeah, I mean the last time you pledged to do this, you then found yourself playing more than you had the previous week. So correct.
1: But I didn't tell Maria I'm not going to play. Okay. And so I said to her, I am just, I'm not, I'm not playing this week. Don't, I just, I told her, don't tell anyone else. Cause I don't want them to come be like, Oh, why don't you play? Like, you know, cause that's kind of what happened.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so I, I am taking this week off from poker and, um, uh, and hopefully that's will help with the mindset, with the reset that I need.
2: Yes, I sincerely hope so. Okay, let's talk about people who were playing real money poker. Let's do our EPT Online recap. Let's start with some headline stats, Joe. Uh, this right. series ran 20 events across a 10 day period, $21 million in prize money, and across <laughs> those 20 events, there were wins for plenty of EPT regulars players like Tatiana Barusova, Mikita Bodjakovsky, Sam Greenwood, Jens Kulinen, and Dominic Nietzsche. Uh, plus, Burt Stevens, friend of this podcast, Giraffe Ganger 7, who won two events. And I'm pleased to say joined us on the stream for our final table coverage. And I think even though there were only six of them, it was a fun series of streams.
1: It was really fun. I actually, the most FOMO I had the entire week was when you and Sam and uh, Giraffe Gang were on. It looked like it was a lot of fun. People were loving it. Uh, it seemed like it was a really good uh, mix, the two of those guys. Sam just has yeah. really great chemistry with most of the other poker players we bring on and i was jealous you got to sit there and bask in what looked like a really fun hour or two
2: yeah but my experience isn't going to be any difference from that of the audience i'm just letting these guys talk and, yeah. and and letting them do their thing i'm just sitting back it was uh it, it was a fun hour um and of course not to get ahead of ourselves, because I want to talk about some of the other events we covered and some of the results in those events. But the thing everyone is talking about this morning is how we ended last night um, with the animated video that I did not know was coming, which was a version of my performance of Ride on the River from EPT Retro back in the summer, which now exists in cartoon form.
1: Buddy, I got to tell you, I mean, we, we praised you when it happened because you did it on this show. Uh, we replayed it on this show. Yes. You did it originally on one of the streams earlier uh, this year. You really, really nailed it. I was <coughs> never a fan of the rap to begin with, right? I didn't, I didn't, when it was being conceived, when it was being written, when it happened, it wasn't my favorite thing. So when you do it, I'm still reminded of not really loving the rap <laughs> that much. However, you could not have done a better job with it. No flubs, I don't. Were you. I assume you were reading it. Like you maybe had some cliff notes.
2: I had the lyrics to one side, but to be honest with you, this is really sad. I know it so well that I didn't read them. <laughs> I mean, so as far as that's concerned,
1: like, look, we live in a day and age where someone who lip syncs now has a comedy special, and you went beyond that. You weren't just lip syncing. You were actually saying the words. You fucking crushed it. And I now, you know, it's kind of like certain songs that sucked when they were originally written, but the cover of them, you're like, oh, this is, like, actually better than the original. Your cover is better than the original. And then seeing it as a cartoon was hilarious. I do want to say there was one guy who uh, tweeted at me last night and said "Uh, really great ending to the stream. Shame Stapes tried to ruin it, which
2: is missing the joke by a mile.
1: Yeah. Dude, it's an animation. Like it wasn't me trolling James in real time. Like someone asked me to record those lines and then went ahead and edited it. It wasn't me. Like oh, that's talking, the jokes, kids. <laughs> anyway, that was my that was my one beef. We're gonna yeah. bring back that segment for a second.
2: So when we did last week's podcast, we'd only done the one stream, right? We just covered the. Uh, 10K high roller that had ended with that controversial kind of flippement. Um, The day after was the Arena Championship, which was a major contrast with the first final table we covered because it really went the distance. And that was Don Johan uh, from Norway who emerged victorious. And then we had the super high roller final table the following day on the Friday. Some unorthodox play, I think it's fair to say, at that final table. Uh, Monkey Boss was the player who kind of was confounding i guess the the gto mentality but i think the biggest story for us was that we had a qualifier at that final table uh, jamie nixon who had got into a 25k buy in event via a 75 dollar spin and go and it was great to catch up with jamie before we actually did the stream uh and he said that he was absolutely bricking it on the bubble and how it was our horrible 90 minutes for him and he actually went from chip leader to short stack just by virtue of not wanting to play hands and just wanting to make it into the money
1: i know how hard i've been sweating my play money bubbles the last three months i can't even i literally can't fathom being on a bubble like that and just being like please 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 please, please, please someone go broke someone yeah. go broke what a miracle what a dream come true just a min cash and Absolutely. i believe he did better than that right i think so it was think.
2: a min plus cash for jamie i think yeah. he was like eighth place finisher uh alice Parsonan was the winner of the super sure. high roller yeah. event and then of course we turned our attention to the main event we started on sunday we started streaming it on monday more than 1,300 entries, which was really impressive. That did mean that there were a lot of chips in play. It meant the days were quite long. Um, but I it, look, it was fun. It felt like an EPT, the way we covered it, with the bubble playing down to the final table. It felt just
1: like any other EPT and that I barely remember any of it except for the very last thing that happened. But um, it was really fun. It did feel like an EPT I still wish, I don't think there's any way to fix this, which is why I'll be super happy when live life comes back. I still wish we had, look, I don't wish the streams were longer, but I wish we had a little bit more time to reflect on what's happening as it's happening. When we find something fun to talk about, to have a little bit more time to talk about it. There really are very few periods where nothing is happening. Yes, we may go a long time yeah. without a bust out, but when we're watching top level players with cards up all the time, there's always a good hand happening, right? Yeah. What's the longest period? Like if we're covering live poker, if there are two raise and take it's in a row, that's like three or four minutes, maybe five minutes that we have to discuss the last hand to discuss a player's history, to discuss a good bit that maybe just happened in online, po- and that's the most you'll ever have in a row like two or three hands.
2: No, absolutely. Where,
1: where, noth- where literally nothing happens. Absolutely. And online, that's 35 seconds tops. So I do miss having that little bit of room to chat a little bit more. Uh, but the flip side is that we get to see really, really, really amazing poker being played almost nonstop.
2: Absolutely. And we saw that at the final table just before we get into the results of the main event. This is as good a time as any to tease the next live streams we're going to be doing, which actually is after this coming weekend, Monday, the 23rd of November. We are going to stream day two of the Sunday Million from the last hundred odd players down to a winner. So it's going to be a bit like the streams we've been doing from EPT online WCOOP Stadium Series. Um, but a little bit faster pace because the Sunday Million is only a two-day event. Plays with quite a fast clock. Um, but we're going to do that for a couple of weeks and see how it goes and see if this is popular. So we'll be on air at the usual time. That's 6.30 p.m. GMT on Monday the 23rd, Monday the 30th of November. I think Spraggy, Lex, Nick oh, Walsh are going to be helping us out with those streams. It might be a little bit it. more scaled back. <laughs> than what we've been doing with the online series uh, a little bit more ghetto uh, for want of a better word but yeah make sure you join us on monday let's see what it's like covering the late stages of the sunday million but we showed every single hand from the final table of the ept online main event um heads up battle which could have been a lot longer it ended by virtue of a cooler uh because they were like 80 big blinds deep so I'm sitting back thinking, here we go, 2 a.m. finish. Actually, it concluded before midnight because it all went in with both players with trip aces. The kicker decided, and it was What If God from Sweden who won this event for just over a million dollars. Timothy Adams from Canada, a player who we know very well from live EPTs, has a main event final table already. On his resume has so many high roller and super high roller results with this second place finish is now ranked, I think, fifth on the EPT all time money list. He's now wow. moved ahead of players like Elki Mike McDonald and Adrian Mateos. Um, now, what if God is a player whose real identity has not been exposed? However, okay. what if God won two scoop titles this year and won one? two WCOOP titles in 2014. And in 2014, they had a ceremony at EPT Prague where WCOOP winners could go to get their bracelets. And there is a photograph, it's on the PokerStars blog, and it's on Poker News of what if God receiving his two WCOOP bracelets. And the moment I saw that photograph this morning, I thought, I know that guy. And I'm not going to name him, I'm going to respect his right to privacy. All I will say is when we streamed EPT retro this summer, he was at an EPT final table in the early seasons of the tour. So he's been on the circuit for a long time. He has been around poker for many, many years. And I would say is very deserving of this win.
1: That's awesome. I'm going to, Definitely look up that photo as soon as we're done recording here. I'm tempted to do it while we're recording, but I don't think it'll make for the most compelling podcast for me <laughs> to be like, oh, well, well, uh, uh. okay.
2: Plus, we need to move on because we need to say hello to this week's guest.
0: Poker in the ears.
2: Thrilled to be joined on this week's podcast by the runner-up, in the EPT online main event. And I have checked the stats and I can confirm he is now fifth on the European Poker Tour all-time money list after his 700K plus score last night. Tim Adams, thanks for coming on the show today. Welcome.
3: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, I really appreciate it. Got to start off with a
1: congratulances. Um, it was very awkward to try to hit for me, to try to hit you up for an interview right away. Uh, and if it had been anybody else, I might not have done it. Uh, but I figure at this point, you're not the kind of person who smashes a laptop when you get second place.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. After after I came second, yeah. I mean, I I had mixed emotions. Like I was I was happy, but at the same time, you know, I I I, I play a lot of heads up, so um I really wanted to play heads up poker. <laughs> and yeah. I only laughed at like six hands. So that was a little bit of a bummer. But yeah, I mean, I can't say that. I wasn't happy. I was, I was happy with how things went. And um, I guess when you're in the moment and you're, you know, I was chip leader for a while and applying pressure and stuff like that. I I don't think I'm experienced enough not to like get too ahead of myself because anything can happen in poker tournaments. And I've been on the other side of, you know, coming third, being the chip leader with three left. And, you know, I've also won my fair share of tournaments as well. So I don't get too ahead of myself. So I think at the end of the day, I was, I was pretty happy with how I played and And that was it
1: how long does it take um for the whatever the mix of emotions is for the better for the good emotions to sort of outweigh the bad ones for you is it Mm -hmm. minutes is it hours i mean it's so hard to say i think before
3: um earlier in my career maybe i i struggled with it a little bit where you know i was more emotional i think it's Nowadays, it's just you know I'm 34 now. I'm pretty experienced. Uh, to be honest, it was a weird feeling yesterday. I was it was I didn't have that much emotions afterwards. I think I was you know it was a, it was an intense few days of poker, and I don't know. It was it was it was so much fun as well that it's kind of like you're a little sad that it's over. This and you kind of want to keep playing. But at the same time, you're exhausted, so you kind of want to take a break. I don't know. You're you're kind of in a, a bit of a flux after the yeah. tournament
2: ends. I, I mean this in the nicest possible way, Tim, but you look absolutely shattered. <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean, I, I when it's that intense, I mean it's hard to fall asleep. So I'm playing in I'm in Northern Europe right now, and it's like the tournament ended around two a.m. I think. Yeah, and I couldn't get to bed till like six something but yeah that's that's not that unusual i think in live tournaments as well for me after playing like an intense three days and you know say i final table it um you know usually especially if you're like playing three-handed or four-handed at really intense drooling poker um yeah it's not uncommon to be awake for <laughs> many hours after because like poker hands are just like running through your Through your brain you're just like you know I'm laying down in bed and it's just like the hand is like repeating in my mind kind of thing so yeah I can't can't fall asleep and yesterday I I after the tournament I I, you know I called a couple friends that were that were railing and called my parents because they were they were railing uh my girlfriend as well um she was she was staying her parents last night because I wanted to be a bit in peace for the final <laughs> table. So she understood obviously. Um, but yeah, she was the first person I called and then a couple of friends and yeah, my parents.
1: Uh, let's talk about railing and, and people watching and stuff like that. Um, I assume, uh, are you listening? Uh, are you watching?
3: Um, I have the stream up, especially at, uh, like in this particular thing was a main event and I didn't know all the players all that well yeah. so it was important for me to see what kind of opens people were making what kind of folds people were making um, I usually I can't have the sound on just because it's just too much things going cool. on like you're playing like the streams sure. going for me I'm kind of sensitive to that kind of stuff um, so I, I had the stream going um, and I just didn't have sound on uh, just purely because, you know
1: like oh no, no no i seriously you don't have to explain why you're, Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to listen to it either one of my questions would be is that sam grafton's on and he's picking you up right he's like oh tim adams is so rich tim's playing from the sauna <laughs> I mean, now you must uh, hear about that yeah uh,
3: exactly sometimes maybe i'll even turn it on if i have a break the 5 minute break maybe i'll turn the sound on uh, so I'll, I'll have the sound on now and then and then i'll i'll ca- like sam is a good friend of mine and uh Actually, he was one of the persons I spoke to after the tournament yesterday because uh, he had been like kind of in it with me, commentating. So sure. you know, he was, uh, and yeah, I mean, he's hilarious. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's all, I'm sometimes kind of just like you're just making me seem like a huge asshole. Like, <laughs> like so rich, he doesn't care about this kind of buy-in, and like, and it's like he's joking because you know I know he's joking, but it's like. A lot of people don't know he's joking, so yeah, I, mean, I don't I I don't care, but
2: uh, I think his I, his best bit was the ever changing rankings of the world's best poker players and yeah. the fact that anytime there was a move where he would kind of go, Oh, that wasn't optimal, Tim, you would move down and so suddenly <laughs> you like went from like being top ten to being top fifty and then it was like eighty fifth. Oh now after that play, eighty seventh. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, mean, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to just sort of
1: counterbalance that because some of it isn't yeah. true like do you not care about the 5ks is it a nominal <laughs> no, amount of money I mean, for I, you of
3: course. I, I i care i mean it's my i take i don't know i take poker pretty serious and uh yeah i mean for sure i'm playing the 5ks for a reason because it's you know it's high enough stakes for me so yeah i'm in there and i'm trying my hardest i'm you know uh i know sam's just busting my balls mainly because, you know, I make some aggressive plays that seem kind of crazy sometimes, but uh, I think they're done with, you know, in my mind, good strategic, uh, you know. Yeah, of I course, mean, look.
1: strategic decisions. <laughs> if, if the moves were bad news, nobody would talk about them, right? Yeah, nobody would yeah, say a no, word about it. We so, would just sort of be like, oh, that yeah. was interesting and move on. Um, yeah. So, you, as James mentioned, you're number five on the EPT all time money list now. Most of that money, uh, coming from high rollers, mm-hmm. super high rollers, only one main event final table before this. Um, yeah. is winning a main event important to you? Or are you just happy to continue, um, winning the small field, big money tournaments, or you know, d- d- does it matter? Uh, the difference well, between them,
3: yeah. I mean, I think my focus was always the high stakes tournaments and like winning high six fields just because, you know, it's really competitive. Um, that was kind of where my mindset was at. So maybe I didn't take the mains overly serious, like on these poker trips, you know, I was focused on the super high rollers and the one day high rollers and stuff. And I would usually just like late reg the main and, you know, m- maybe not play overly optimal. I would be kind of, you know, play a little, Uh, get a little out of line sometimes and stuff like that but I think that was a few years ago I think I've been a little more focused when I play mains now and I like I just put it into perspective that yeah when you go deep you're playing you're basically playing a super high roller like you know the stakes are extremely high so it's just you know getting to that third day or whatever and I think my yeah, the last few years, my main event records. I mean, I know these don't really mean all that much, but I've gone deep in a few EPT mains over the last few years. Like, you know, I think I, I yeah, I went deep in Monaco last year. I went deep in deep-ish in Barcelona. I think I came well, yeah, thirtieth. Top- I mean, just like these big fields. But it's really, you know, the stakes are super high when you go deep, obviously. But it's also just a different. It's a completely different game. Like, you have to be. Uh, actually, one thing I. I remember is I'm always so drained after the main events because I'm paying so much attention because you're playing against all these different player types and everyone has different, you know, ways they view poker. So I'm trying to figure out the right exploits. I'm trying to, you know, especially live poker, you're, you know, a lot of people, players are less experienced. So you're trying to pick up tells, uh, just like all these like little minute things where in high rollers, you're playing the same guys every day there's a little bit of a different atmosphere. It's a little actually more relaxed because, you know, everyone's so experienced. Uh, Also you have, you know, you're playing against a lot of your friends as well. You're not like staring them down. And a lot of times you're joking around and, you know, you're playing poker at a very high level, but it's just a completely different atmosphere. So I think um, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but I'm actually really enjoying the main event feels and, actually it, it has been a bit of a thing for, for me where I've I wanted to uh, take them more seriously. And of course I would, I would love to win when I was kind of like bummed out that, you know, like last, like the tournament yesterday, you win a, you want to, tr- you could win a trophy, right? The guy yeah, won. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and it counts
2: I, I, as an official EPT main event title. Yeah, I, I feel of this. so bad oh. Tim
1: actually wanted a trophy and didn't
2: get no, it. I, oh. Of
3: course I wanted the trophy. God damn you it. Gotta, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I it's, mean, it's you're competitive. Like I wanted to win really bad. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you, you can't win every tournament and, uh, second is great. So I'm not complaining. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really wanted to win and yeah, I would, I would, I would love to win a, win a main event. I mean, I think it just makes you a more well-rounded poker player. Uh, you know, you don't want to be just like a one trick pony. And that's what I was for a long time with the the high rollers, just like, and that's, I understand that because that's where my mindset was at. And, uh, I think yeah, nowadays I'm a little more well-rounded and, uh, you know,
1: yeah. Tim, how does somebody go from being whatever you were before you made it to being a guy that plays mostly high rollers? like, you know, to look mm-hmm. at you, a nice Canadian boy, <laughs> affable, fun dude. You don't think like, oh, that guy like enters hundred Ks that guy, like at what point you're like, well, oh, I guess I'm the hundred k guy now.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think my transition was I had just been uh, pretty successful in cash games um, many years ago, and then I kind of dabbled in tournaments, and then I had some success, and then I transitioned to tournaments. And I don't know. I guess you know you kind of just go where maybe your skill level is or where you think your skill level is <laughs> along with, you know, you try to play stakes that are, you know, uh, worthwhile to you and, you know, have the, the greatest expectations. So yeah, I, you know, I transitioned to high rollers. Um, I don't know what was the exact scenario. It was just mainly cause I was playing like high stakes cash at the time and, you know, it's just one of those things, like instead of playing small sticks, I was always intrigued by battling and playing the best players and stuff like that. And I think that's kind of where my mindset was. And that's where it's kind of like led me.
2: I'm intrigued to know, Tim, because the last time we spoke in Barcelona, I think 18 months, two years ago, you were starting to learn Finnish. And I'm interested to know how that's going. And I want Um, you to tell me terribly because I've been married to a Finn for 20 years and I'm using the excuse that it's an impossible language to learn. So I need backup here. I don't need (laughs) you to turn around and tell me, oh, yeah, I'm now fluent.
3: I mean, no, no, I'm definitely not. I I went through my phases where I was studying it hard and I haven't been for years now. Um, It's a tough language. I don't think it's impossible. Um, but the thing is, it's just like, yeah, I'm spending a lot of time in Finland and everyone here speaks English. You don't need it to survive. Um, you know, I have a lot of Finnish friends, their, their level of English is great. Um, I mean, my partner, her English is, she sounds, I mean, basically native. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe.
1: Sounds like not good is the answer. Yeah. That's good. This is perfect. This is perfect.
2: But uh, you you just made all the arguments why it's not necessary. Not only does everyone in Finland speak brilliant English better than most people in England. But also, if you try, if you think, okay, I'm going to try speaking Finnish to them. You know you know, know if you're in France, you're in Paris, right? And you try and speak French, they appreciate it. In Finland, they immediately pick up on the fact you're a foreigner and they switch (laughs) to English. They don't give you a chance.
3: Yeah. I think I've had this conversation with a bunch of, I've made a few uh, friends here from from the US and uh, Canada and stuff like that. And a lot of them say the same thing that every time they approach a Finnish person that they just try they, they they never get to even practice because our theory is that Finnish people love speaking English and they get a little, a little excited to start you know practicing their English so you know they won't really give you a chance which I think yeah it could be worse I I don't, I don't mind the scenario but at the end of the day maybe one day I'll learn Finnish uh not looking likely right now but who knows
1: Tim, what, what, one last question actually about Finland. I, I got to know a little bit about what your living situation is like there. Sam was speculating on the air. I have this image in my head. I am picturing like this house, like one of the houses of like the dragon tattoo, like lots of right angles, maybe not like a murder basement, but like, you know, like a Roman bath instead. W- no. What is the situation? It's a house. You live in a city. Like, I want to know a little bit about your
2: life. <laughs> you live
3: in like a... Yeah, we live in like a suburb of Helsinki and we live in a really modest apartment. Uh, I bought it, you know, five years ago or something. And we've been planning to move to a like a bigger place. Um, But I know this is a little silly. We have a very old cat (laughs) who's 18 years old and We don't want to put him through the the stress of moving to a new place, so we're kind of you know he's been he's been kicking on. He's like in extended years now, where we thought he was gonna die like three years ago, and he's still going strong. So uh, we've been (laughs) we've been kind of waiting that out before we upgrade our living situation. So yeah, we live in like a standard like two bedroom apartment, (laughs) nothing like yeah. We have a sauna. No sauna. we have I a think, sauna in the apartment.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, but, but sauna is a yeah. standard in pretty much every exactly. home. I it's think-
3: not like, oh. if you tell, yeah. exactly, I tell friends from home or whatever, and they're just like, oh man, like your apartment must be sick. You have a sauna in your apartment, like some luxury apartment. It's like, it's, no, it's like every apartment. It's in like there. a dishwasher. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, every, I mean, majority of apartments, I would assume, especially new ones have sauna. Yeah. In there.
2: I think there's not a lot of opulent houses in Finland, yeah. and yeah, it's, okay. it's mainly apartment living. The one thing I'm going to say just before we get into whatever dumb game Joe's got prepared for you is, Tim, I couldn't help notice that you have a blank avatar on Stars. You have just revealed that you own an 18-year-old cat. I would suggest having your 18-year-old cat as your avatar because that... He's could doing be,
1: fine without the cat avatar. He
2: doesn't it need could that anymore. It be that the cat avatar takes you to the next level and just Actually, brings that, you up that one notch from second to first.
3: Uh, yeah, I never thought about that. Actually, I was the funny. You're talking about the avatars because I was just talking again. We'll we'll pipe him in here. Sam Grafton and I saw there was some um, character character. How do you say it? Character <laughs> of him that you guys yes. made. Where yes. you guys are all like this, this animation. Yes. Uh, and then I zoomed in on Sam's Sam's little guy and I told him I was going to make it my avatar and yes! he, responded, he responded for fuck's sakes. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know if I'll do that. But Yeah, he hates like, the fact I, that
2: I, thing exists. I vote it, I didn't want to say
3: it because I don't know, you know, one of the production crew made it and no, like, it's it okay. Okay, Sam was like, I, you know, blah, 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 like... <laughs> yeah.
1: What an asshole! Yeah. All right, Tim. It's tradition on this show. Sorry, I have to punish you. In addition to your second place finish, I have to punish you with a uh, very stupid game. This one's called the Adams Family. Okay. And this is a game about other people who may or may not be a part of your family, the Adams family. Okay. Multiple choice quiz, very easy trivia quiz about people with the last name Adams. Okay. Question number one. You're probably Canadian cousin Brian Adams Mm -hmm. sang a song about the summer of which year?
2: 69? 69! Got it without the choices. There we go. Doesn't even need the multiple choice options.
1: Although choice C was 1969 and choice D was 2069 and he did (laughs) not specify. But I'll give it to him. Okay. Question number two. Brian
2: Adams is a time traveler. (laughs) I mean, he could be. He's very talented.
1: Question number two. Which famous outdoor market in the United States of America shares a name with the member of the Adams family who was a U.S. president? Is it Boston's Quincy Market, Las Vegas's Fremont Street Experience, London's Covent Garden, or Gainesville, Florida's Donald J. Trump Flea Market and Puppy Mill? I don't. I
3: don't even understand the question. I'm so sorry. Like. Uh...
1: So there are two presidents in the United States named John Adams. Right. One of them that. had yeah. a middle name that is either Quincy, ah. Fremont, Covent.
3: Okay. Or, Sorry, my bad. Or my Flea. Bad. Uh, Quincy.
1: Quincy is correct. Two for two.
3: Sorry, I I totally blanked. We were talking about these free uh, markets and these. No, markets. no, I, that, I, that, was that like,
1: question was very convoluted. It wasn't.
2: Yeah. What you have okay. to understand, Tim, is in order to shoehorn the question into the overarching theme of the quiz, the question is a hundred times more complicated and (laughs) verbose than it needs to be.
3: Right, okay, yeah, sorry about that. Okay, next
1: one. Question number three. Your probably other cousin, Amy Adams, played the love interest in a movie of which comic book character? Was it Batman, Superman, Aquaman, or Man-Man?
3: oh this is so brutal that i don't know this because I, I don't really
1: you don't keep in touch with your cousin amy no
3: yeah that, that's right uh geez. i mean because I, I i don't really watch like the superman or the aquaman so i have no idea uh is it
1: that's not batman no uh,
3: i don't even know superman
1: superman is correct
3: Okay. Good guess. Yeah. That process of elimination that it, it wasn't it wasn't Batman, not yeah, Batman just flipped between Aquaman and Superman. You flipped really well in general. I knew the main Aquaman guy, I couldn't really see that. No. Jason. She's
2: the most what recent is. Lois Lane. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Okay. Go, Jeff. Question,
1: Question number four. Your probably great, great, great granduncle, Sam Adams, has mm-hmm. a beer named after him. Which of the following items does not bear Sam Adams' name? Okay. The U.S. Articles of Confederation, the U.S. Declaration of Independence, the quote, give me liberty or give me death, or the quote, I screwed this question up. (laughs) Forget that one. That's not one of the choices. Three choices. The U.S. Declaration of Independence, the U.S. Articles of Confederation, the quote, we'll do it my way or the highway.
3: I, I have no clue with this American. What, uh, this which, American. Which one of those
1: street. was he not involved in?
3: A. I'm just a guess. I have
1: no idea. It was. We'll do it my way or the highway. But I fucked that question up. That yes, wasn't I, you.
3: I wasn't even paying attention to that. To that question. I had no question idea.
1: number five. I had two right answers. That was very bad on my part. It's been a long <laughs> week. Question number five.
2: I'm calling this right? question four A. Seeing as question four didn't really show. Sure.
1: Question okay. four. Redo. Uh, Your great step-uncle, twice removed, probably, Douglas Adams... Douglas Adams, okay. ...wrote which classic sci-fi novel was it? 2001 A Space Odyssey, Dune, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, or Sex Trek The Next Penetration?
3: (laughs) I, again, have no idea. B?
1: B was Dune, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Was your step-uncle, twice removed, Douglas Adams. You really...
3: how did I swear to God? I had a, it was his last name wasn't Adams, but my <laughs> grandmother remarried a guy named Douglas. So I did have a step grandfather named God Douglas. Damn,
1: I'm, I'm, a, I'm a spooky psychic. Two questions yeah. left. Then <laughs> we release crazy. you back into the sauna. Question number six. These two are both about the Adams family. Okay. You should be able to get them. Um, the first two Adams family movies are called The Adams Family and Adam's Family Values. Okay. What was the title of the third lesser-known Adam's Family movie? When you say lesser-known,
2: I did not even know there was a third film. Exactly. I didn't either until I started researching this quiz. Same cast?
1: No. Right. No. <laughs> Tim Curry plays Gomez in the third one. Right. Uh, question, sorry, choice number one. Here are your choices. Adam's Family Reunion Mm-hmm. Adam's Family Resurrected, Adam's Family Feud, Adam's Family Planned Parenthood. Uh, Reunion. Reunion is correct. Yeah, I I remember Tim
2: Curry being in the third one, right? Yeah, Yeah. Tim Curry
1: and like Daryl Hannah plays Morticia. It's very bizarre.
2: I'm just going to throw it out there, Tim. It's a little bit worrying that you don't know The Hitchhiker's Guide (laughs) to the Galaxy, but you do know the third (laughs) Adam's Family movie. Well,
3: that shows you how old I am. (laughs) <laughs> right isn't the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy isn't that like kind of recent
2: it's a timeless classic no it's, it's from, old it it's was from on from tv before i was born
3: oh i mean geez okay i'm way off here um, all right yeah, i i don't know anything about that but yeah adams family you know okay If I your name's like, adams you gotta learn about your cousins my prime of watching movies in that in that era right when i was that age so
1: yeah final question relates back to poker The actor who played the original Gomez Adams in the 1960s Adams Family movie, sorry, TV show, Mm -hmm. is a direct relative to what poker-playing celebrity who appeared on the PokerStars.net Shark Cage? Is it Shannon Elizabeth, Don Cheadle, Jason Alexander, or Sean Astin?
2: I can confirm that all those celebrities appeared on Shark Cage. There's no trick answer here. Shannon
1: Elizabeth? (sighs) Shannon Elizabeth, incorrect, although she was maybe the most entertaining Shark Cage celebrity we had. Sean Astin, the son of John Astin. Sean Astin from Lord of the Rings. You ever see the Lord of the Rings, Tim? I haven't. You ever see the Goonies?
3: I have seen the Goonies, yeah.
1: Mikey from the Goonies. His dad was the original... Uh, Gomez Adams, played by John Aston and also Sean,
2: his these, son. These, yeah, these are some pretty. That's a tough question, but they're the, always tough questions. You, those, know, you did the, very well. The key here Actually. is you're not meant to get any right. The fact that you yeah. did is in I itself stumbled,
3: an achievement. I, right. I stumbled into a couple of them, but yeah, those were those were good. Sorry, I'm not I'm I'm not in my sharpest right now as well. <laughs> None no, like, I saw. A lot of them were just like flying by me. I was like.
2: Look we we said at the top of this of the top of this record this week that that we're physically and mentally exhausted and all we had to do was talk about the poker. I can only imagine how you must be feeling having been playing for all of those hours.
3: Yeah. Yeah, exhausted for sure. Tim, We're,
1: we're going to let you go. We're going to let you spend your money, light it on fire in the sauna, whatever Sam Grafton says <laughs> you do. And yeah. uh yeah. dude, you're you're such a fucking good kid. I love you and I'm so glad you want a bunch of money and hopefully you get a trophy to go with it next time.
3: Yeah. Hey, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. And uh, it was fun.
1: <laughs> there was a question mark at the end of that. He goes, it was fun.
3: <laughs> I didn't know how to uh, put my words together there. But yeah, I, I, I do appreciate it. And yeah, you guys are great. And I don't, I'm don't. i not just saying that because you gave me a bunch of compliments. Uh, yeah, you guys, you, you guys do a phenomenal job. Thank you. And man. I was hearing a lot of positive things from friends and stuff.
1: Awesome. Cool. We're, we're, good we're glad to do it.
0: Superfan versus Stakes.
2: Superfan time once again. Chance for one of our loyal listeners to win some prizes. We have a man who's Belgiumese on the show today. Martin Romans, welcome.
1: Welcome, guys. Martin, what's up, buddy? How you doing?
0: I'm fine. How are you guys?
2: We are a little
1: bit tired, but
0: we're happy to talk to you.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So tell us your story, Martin. What is your deal, bro?
0: Ah, yeah. Um, Well, I am a consultant at a big four firm. I uh, work in HR. So I do a HR consultancy. I would say I make pretty slides and uh, (laughs) explain them to people on how to solve uh, difficult problems for them
2: which I imagine for you is like just really obvious and really simple. And you can't believe that people pay you for giving them common sense tips.
0: I wouldn't say that, but (laughs) um, it's the thing is we, we often have much, uh, many experiences in, in the field that they sometimes are not that, that, elaborated in and we can just show them, okay, this is the be- best practice for this problem. We've seen this work in many companies and this is a good solution.
1: So sorry, the problems that you're solving, are they specific to the industry you work in or these are things that come up would come up at any company around the world?
0: Yeah. In HR, the, it, it differs on, on on the industries. Let's say that uh, banking pro- uh, services are... are Banks have different problems compared to, um, I'd say, of uh, an airline. But in general, uh, yeah, there is uh, a lot of cro- cross uh, collaboration between the both of them.
1: Great. Well, maybe you can come help out at Poker Stars because. Uh, it seems <laughs> really- Just kidding. Just kidding. Poker Stars HR department. You guys are doing fine. You don't need yeah. any help. I'm good. Thank you. Tell us about your personal life. What about you as a person?
0: yeah uh well i'm just uh, a 25 year old living in brussels and uh, i i moved here right before lockdown hoping it, hoping to experience a bit of the city hasn't happened so oh, okay. look, still looking forward to that um and uh, in in my spare time i sometimes play poker i'm, I'm a, a fan of the the show i must say i like the Uh, fact that you also uh, discuss movies and and, and the fact that you also discuss shows. So
2: enjoy it. Yeah, poker and pop culture. That's our thing. Uh, Thank you for the kind words, Martin. So here's the deal. I am not 100% certain of the situation with the Belgian license and whether we're allowed to give you tickets and what the rules are there. Mm -hmm. But suffice to say, if we can, we'll give you a ticket you can use in an online mtt worst case scenario you know there's merch that we can send oh, yeah. you that's that's easy to deal with um you chose as your specialist subject the netflix show Mindhunter, um which has been in the news in recent months because it's rare for netflix to cancel a show it's even rarer for them to cancel something that's really really good and clearly still has legs um but I think I'm right in saying that it's just on hold indefinitely, and there's the possibility that in a few years they might revisit this subject.
0: Uh, I hope so because uh, I think they even developed a, a, a storyline for the third season. So,
1: yeah, absolutely, they were you know they were teeing up what was looking to be a, like maybe the most interesting season of all with the BTK uh, yes. killer. So I actually didn't even realize that it was on hold till James, James almost gets off on telling me bad news. He's like, Oh no. Yeah, no, that's probably never going to happen. And then like <laughs> read me all of the things. I mean, granted, it's the only way that I can ingest history is if someone dumbs it down and like puts it in movie form. Cause otherwise I don't want to learn anything.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I outsourced the quiz to Patrick, our former intern. Now in the same way that Joe and I have been very busy, over the last few days, Patrick has also been very busy. He was doing yeah. a lot of research on the streams, and uh, that's when he turns into Statrick As a consequence, Patrick was only able to watch the first season. So even though there happened two seasons of Mindhunter, all these questions relate to season one. Which is good for me, because I haven't seen season two yet, and I didn't want any spoilers. <laughs> but the other thing is, and Joe, you've been down this road before, this looks at a cursory glance, like a classic Patrick quiz with shitloads of observational questions that neither of you have any chance of getting right. But fortunately, there are multiple choice options. Straight through, 10 questions, no bonuses. Uh, Martin, you're up first. Please give me a number between 1 and 10. Uh,
0: Let's go with lucky number 7.
2: Always coming seven. Uh, again, I don't know if this is chronological through the series or whether the questions are randomized. So let's just see where we're, how we go. Uh, question seven. How does Debbie tell Holden to get her mum to like him?
0: Um, I can just uh, answer right, right, right?
2: Yes. You can if you want.
0: I think uh, she tells him that she... Would like uh, Holden to explain that he likes or he respects his mom as well.
1: Correct for two points. Nice one. Excellent no I would have gotten that one. At least I'm not
2: pissed off to start,
1: because there's no way okay. I would have got that.
2: So off to an early <laughs> lead, but Joe, it's your question. Anything other than seven available? <sighs> what do I never pick?
1: Question, I never start with question number four.
2: Okay, we'll start with number four then for you. Uh, What does Bill do on the first two times that Holden goes to meet Ed? What does Bill? I guess I gotta take the choices. Does he play golf, go with him, fly back to Quantico, or teach a lesson? I think he plays golf. He does play golf for one point. Martin, your second question.
0: Let's go with one.
2: Question number one. How does Mr. Miller die in the hostage situation at the start of episode one? Uh, I think he shoots himself in the head. He does indeed for two points. That Joe, I saw you nodding there. Does that mean you would have got that one?
1: Yeah, I mean obviously it's like it's a. I thought it was one of the best opening scenes uh, of a pilot ever. Just totally unexpected, really tense, and obviously the guy kicks off the whole series with sucking at his job.
2: Uh, two, three, five, six, eight, nine, or ten. All right, let's go keep it low. Let's go two. Okay, question number two. Where does Holden meet Bill Tench? Uh,
1: I want to say it's in a diner, but I'll take the choices.
2: Is it on a plane, at a crime scene, in a bar, or in the FBI cafeteria? I'm gonna go with the cafeteria. Correct, for one point. So you're down two points. The score is 4-2 after two rounds. That means we go to round three. Martin, which question would you like? Number three. Number three. Who is the first killer that Holden interviews? That must... Give me the options, please. Is it Jerry Brudos, Ed Kemper, Monty Rissell, or Charles Manson?
0: I think it's uh, Ed Kemper.
2: It is Ed Kemper for one point. You have a 5 2 lead. Joe, everything above, everything five and above, minus seven, you can have. <sighs> I would have got Ed Kemper. Five. Where did Wendy Carr live before getting her job with the FBI? Is I mean, a city?
1: Yes. I'm just going to go for it. I got to gamble a little bit.
2: Um, You know what? I'll take the choices. Shit. Baltimore, Brooklyn, Boston, or Kansas City?
1: So I was going to say Washington, D.C., so I took the choices. I'm going to go with
2: (laughs) Baltimore. Nope, it was Boston. Uh, Penultimate round six, eight, nine, or ten available. Six, please. Question number six. What team? does Holden originally assigned to killers who kill... Sorry, what term? Read, James. The words are in front of you. What term does Holden originally assign to killers who kill three or more times?
0: Uh, sequential?
2: I'm gonna give you one point. Sequence killers because you went for it without the options, but you weren't 100% right, so I'm gonna give you one point. I and quite frankly, I could have given you an egg and you're still gonna win this quiz. Uh, <sighs> eight, nine or 10, Joe? Eight. Question eight. What drink does Monty Rissell, one of the interview subjects, ask for? Yes. Uh, yes
1: Is it very specific? Can I just say soda?
2: No, more specific than
1: that, Joe. Rape Soda? Orange Soda? Dr. Pepper? Tab? Fuck it, I
2: don't take the choices so I say it. Keep, okay, keep does he ask for Big red, 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 Dr. Pepper, Pepsi, or Coke? Dr. Pepper. No, he asks for Big Red. And so we enter it's the final ten. round. It's Nine or ten? Simple coin flip, Martin. Uh, ten, please. Question ten. What's the name of Bill's son?
0: Uh... Brian, isn't it?
2: It is Brian for two points. Nice. And Joe, question number nine. (laughs) You run so bad with your choice of questions, all the questions that are just left over for you. What size stilettos does Holden buy for Jenny Brudos?
1: Four inches.
2: No, I think it's size of shoe, I assume, based on these numbers.
1: Size five.
2: Or maybe it's size 16. I don't know. Anyway, it wouldn't have made the blind bit of difference. You lost this good and proper. The final score is eight points to superfan Martin, two points to Joe Stapleton. Uh, So we will work out some prizes, Martin, and next time I'll do my research before we actually record the podcast uh, so we can actually tell you what you've won. Fine,
0: fine. Very very glad to join.
1: Good work, Martin. I hope you get out to uh, enjoy uh, uh, Belgium-Brussels as soon as you possibly
0: can, safely, that is. Yeah. Hope you guys get some sleep over the next couple of days.
1: (laughs) Thanks, homie. All right, my babies, we're almost out of time for this week's show. And I don't know if you can hear the smile in my voice because God, I hope you guys didn't tune out for this because this is huge coming up on next week's show. No show. That's it. Good night, everyone. We're out of here. Smell you later. <laughs> uh, no, we're going to give you a week off to be thankful.
2: It is and Thanksgiving. Also,
1: you're right. Yeah. Uh, but also to give you guys a second to prepare for the awesomeness that is going to be episode number 200. Are you There's ready? There's some
2: stuff that we need to prepare behind the scenes as True. well. But yes, Joe. Tell everyone what we've got lined up for our right. 200th anniversary celebration special. This is how big the show is going to be.
1: Our super fan, right? Not even our guest. Our super fan is going to be Josh Molina. <laughs> <laughs> we got him. Not a huge get, considering we're kind of fairly good friends at this point. Um, But Josh... Is gonna Josh and I, you guys have heard me. I played Josh all the time heads up over yes. quarantine multiple times a day. And I thought it might be fun. Actually, James came up with this idea, it was not my idea at all. Um, Josh and I are gonna play heads up,
2: and that sounds weird, right? For a podcast, that's not very compelling, is well, it, James? Here's the thing: the exact format of this super fan competition is still TBD, that's why we need time to work things out. But yes, Josh Molina is going to be the super fan. So Joe, if that's the super fan, who are the guests?
1: Well, as far as poker players are concerned, it doesn't get much bigger than this episode 200. Phil Hellmuth Jr. We have the most number of podcast episodes. Probably not. I think two plus two beat us a long time ago. We have a lot of podcast episodes. So why not have a guy who has a lot of bracelets? Yes. Phil Hellmuth Jr is going to be on the show. I can't wait to talk to Phil. I might even ask him why he blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> we're going to have a
2: controversial dra- drama 200th it, episode. I'm going to put money on. I think it's a coin flip, either a misclick or more likely he's got someone who looks after his social media and didn't know that you two had a relationship and thought you were trolling him and being rude when actually it's just banter. So,
1: because we had a nice chat when I asked him to do the show. And he, we, he did not seem to be annoyed by me at all. I love Phil. I think he's great value. I think he's one of the best things to ever happen to poker. Uh, I'm very excited to talk to him, but not in no offense to Phil, but not as exciting as I am. Now you remember, James, we had a, a kind of a big deal guest on our hundredth uh, episode.
2: Yes. And the timing was phenomenal because we recorded that, or actually it was a live show at the Hippodrome in London. Uh, In September of 2017, Dexter Fletcher, poker player, actor, director, came on. And he teased during that interview that he was about to start work on the Elton John movie. But what we didn't know is that a month later, he was going to take over the Freddie Mercury movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. He finished principal photography on that and saw that film through post-production. So he's become a very big deal since we last spoke to him.
1: So... We've got somebody, no offense to Dexter Fletcher, even bigger than that in a very similar role. Um, Thank you to my fairly good friend. As I mentioned, Josh Molina, we got a guy that's honestly, the timing's always good because he's always doing something huge. Yes. He's always about to, we've discussed him multiple times on this show from the West wing, from the, uh, the Chicago, the trial of the Chicago seven, and from Molly's game, the writer, and director of the movie Molly's Game, as well as a shit ton of other amazing things, Aaron Sorkin will be our guest on our 200th episode. Can you believe it?
2: Am I right in thinking that this will be the first Oscar winner that we will have had on this podcast?
1: I I think so.
2: I'm pretty certain it is. Aaron Sorkin wrote the Oscar-winning screenplay for The Social Network. He, of course, wrote the stage play and subsequent movie, A Few Good Men. For me, I will always associate him with The West Wing, which I stand by saying is one of the greatest TV shows of all time and is my personal favorite. Molly's Game was That Rare Beast, uh, a poker-themed movie that felt real and felt authentic. So excited to talk to I Aaron Sorkin! I seriously am right now. To talk to Phil Helmuth as well. I think it's going to be an awesome show. Really looking forward to it.
1: All right. We will keep you informed where and how you will be able to consume our 200th episode celebration. But in the meantime, you got a week. We're still taking super fan applications for episode 201 and beyond. Also, your guest suggestions would be great. If it's someone we've mentioned on the show you'd like to hear more from, I will happily try to track them down. In the meantime, click some buttons for us. Comment like subscribe we want to try to make the 300th episode even bigger than this and we need your help to do it so one week off huge show the week after that tell your friends tell your family but now we are out of time for this week's show for james hartigan i am joe stapleton smell you later